Well, hello, church. Welcome back to another edition of the Post-Sermon Wrap-Up Podcast. I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Kevin. And it is a joy to be with you this morning as we break down this past Sunday sermon in our More Than a Children's Story on the story of Joseph from Genesis chapters 37 to 50, really wrapping up the book of Genesis in many ways. And Pastor Kevin, we really sought to answer in this sermon the question of does God intend evil for our good? And so my first question for you is, does God intend evil for our good? Yeah. You know, Genesis 50 verse 20 answered that question pretty clearly for us, didn't it? That uh, that what men meant for evil, God meant, planned, designed, intended for our good. And so I am so thankful, even though it's a hard truth and it's a frankly a mysterious truth, I am so thankful that God, in fact, um, can use and even plan uh, human sin to bring about his glory and our good all in a way that doesn't um, compromise his own character, his own righteousness, his own moral perfection, um, but establishes his sovereign control over all things for his greater glory. Mm. It's uh, essentially Genesis fifty twenty is that uh, Old Testament version of Romans eight twenty eight, isn't it? Which yes. we had on the, the cover verse of our folder this week. It says we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, and goes on there to say that all of it is done purposely so that we might grow into Christ's likeness, which is yes. just a really sweet thing, but one that we don't necessarily recognize in the moment when we're going through hard things. So really what this all gets to is a really key biblical doctrine, not necessarily a word that you see in scripture, but one that uh, scholars, pastors, theologians have come to understand to be the providence of God. And so we learned on Sunday that providence is not just a uh, town in Rhode Island, but providence <laughs> is a biblical teaching. So what, what exactly is uh, biblical providence and why is it maybe a doctrine that we sometimes struggle or wrestle with as Christians? Yeah, so first let's define it. Biblical providence or God's providence is just his purposeful sovereignty. So it is the, uh, the, the, the way God brings about his own ends. So the fact that God is sovereign means he's controlling, he's king. He's, you know, in our day and age, in our culture, we're not really used to kings. We don't live under a monarch politically. And so this idea of sovereignty isn't real familiar to us. Mm -hmm. But we have to understand that uh, for the people living in most of the Bible times, they understood what a sovereign was. They understood what it meant for somebody to be in control and ruling over all. And certainly in the uh, the ultimate way, our God is sovereign. He He controls everything. There's nothing that isn't dependent upon his rule and reign. And so his sovereignty attaches to purpose in his providence. Mm-hmm. So his providence, providence is his, um, his uh, purposeful t- decrees, his electing predestinations, his bringing all things together according to his divine plan mm-hmm. uh, for his ultimate glory. 
and our ultimate joy in the end. Now, you asked a second question, but I forget what you asked. Yeah, it's just that's so... <laughs> So why do we often wrestle with that? Why oh. why do we struggle to embrace that? Because, you know, we see in Scripture, I think we see these aspects of God's control and His sovereignty, and yet we also see these aspects of man and His responsibilities. So how do we, like, reconcile yeah. what's going on there? And, you know, what does that mean for us? Yeah, I think we struggle with the doctrine of providence because we're not God. Mm-hmm. Um frankly, what it means to humble ourselves Mm -hmm. is to receive God's humbling of us without dispute or resistance Mm -hmm. and to still continue to obey him even when life is hard and it doesn't make sense. I mean, if you look at the life of Job, Scott, Mm -hmm. um, we know that God had good intentions for Job and God was not just leaving Job, but, but for Job... Mm-hmm. It was very, very difficult experience to to be submitted to such suffering and such evil, even though it was all mm-hmm. under God's control. Uh, you know, um, I think we struggle with suffering and mystery because we live in time mm-hmm. and we don't see the end yet. Mm-hmm. If we, you know, God's beyond time. If we understood everything from God's perspective and saw it all from God's perspective, it, we would totally do what God would do. We, mm-hmm. God is the ultimate essence of goodness. Mm-hmm. He is trustworthy. But we have to have faith. We don't walk by sight because mm-hmm. we don't see what God sees. We don't know what God knows. And that is hard. I, I, I found it fascinating, Scott, that uh, you know I preached this message on Sunday. And then on Monday... Desiring God came out with a uh, a uh, an article on how can God be good when there's so much evil in the world. I thought, well, that's a timely. That's, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Only only God in His providence. Yeah, uh, yeah, could do that, right? yeah. But you know, and I I read through that, and uh, John Piper, one of the pastors there, had a just a kind of a, a thought provoking quote. And I don't know if I'll be able to word it exactly right off the top of my head, but it says something like this that um, all of human suffering screams as a witness for the greater horror of human sin. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways that I think we struggle, the reasons we struggle with providence and some of the hard parts of God controlling even suffering and evil is because we have such a small view of sin Mm -hmm. And suffering is so hard, mm-hmm. and we often disconnect mm-hmm. our experience with suffering with our own sinfulness mm-hmm. and the depth of our own rebellion against God. That's that's really helpful. Yeah, I know for years I've tried to, to help students and people think more clearly about <clears throat> that right understanding of seeing God for who he is and seeing sin in light of how God sees sin. I think that yeah. that often changes just our whole perspective of life, how we live, the the way that we worship God. It, it just, it reorients our thinking. So that's, that's a really helpful perspective of how we think about God and his providence. Yeah. If I can just add, Scott, so... <clears throat> You know, because my mind's going to well. Then how do we correct that? How do mm-hmm. how do we respond? How do we how do right. we stay God dependent? 
And we live in a day and age when God has revealed himself to us through his word. We have his living word, not only in the person of Jesus Christ, but written. Mm -hmm. We have his written word that we can renew our minds when Mm -hmm. we're suffering, when we're struggling. And so I just think it's so fascinating. If you just look at the life of Joseph, nowhere in Genesis 37 is God mentioned. Mm -hmm. You read 37 chapter 37 and and you know Joseph's life is in the pits Joseph is being trafficked by his brothers to Egypt I mean God isn't even mentioned and in and, and that experience that human experience of Joseph's life he must have been questioning where is God right mm-hmm. so so you read that chapter there's nowhere God's mentioned in chapter 37 mm-hmm. but if you read the rest of the story in fact I would encourage our people if, if you're reading through these 14 chapters sometime this week Try to do it in one setting if you can, but just just read them. Underline or circle every time God is mentioned because God is all over this story and God is actively working in this story, mm-hmm. but it's not always in ways that the human beings are able to see right when they're experiencing this. And so for us who are living through suffering that we can't understand, when we are experiencing evil that seems tragically wrong, when mm-hmm. it seems that God's promises aren't being true for us like they're true for others, read God's word. Keep reading and renewing your mind because God is there. When life isn't fair, mm-hmm. God's still there. Mm-hmm. And we need to remind ourselves of that by just reading how he has worked in other people's lives uh, throughout history and how he's still working in ours even when we can't see that. So good. Now, you you probably made a very controversial statement on Sunday, and it had nothing to do with God's providence necessarily. Okay. It had to do with the nature of the coat oh. <laughs> <laughs> that Joseph was wearing. And I think, you well, know... Well, I thought you were going to a the, really hard place the, there. <laughs> the hearts of people, I'm sure, were sinking as they realized the, or started to wrestle with the reality <laughs> that this coat was maybe not the way that they had envisioned it. And the writers of Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat yeah. were probably squirming in their seats. So talk to me a little <laughs> bit about the understanding of what's going on with this coat that Joseph is wearing and this isn't the only time that his coat gets him into trouble. So maybe talk about uh, yeah, the nature okay. of this. So, Well, uh, first of all, this is just a good reminder mm. that we should not get our th- theology from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, <laughs> so probably uh, children's storybooks or Hollywood productions are not the most reliable place to get mm-hmm. our theology. We need to come to the Word of God itself. And, uh, you know, hey, it's possible that his coat had multicolors, mm-hmm. but that's that's not what the text says. We we just don't have any witness to that in the text. That The text says that it was a long sleeve coat. Um, certainly it was a special coat. Certainly it was a coat of privilege. It was a coat of favoritism. It was a coat that was worthy of royalty, but um, probably a wrong translation that got picked up and then perpetuated over time uh, by kind of tr- tradition to be the, the multicolored coat. So there is still the possibility that this was the first Snuggie, right? Since it was long <laughs> sleeves, long flowing. So, and, I don't really picture it like a onesie, but maybe, you know? So so it's a parka, right? Okay. And, and you know what's fascinating? As you read through the story, so not only circle every time you see the word God, okay? Mm-hmm. That'd be a good thing. 
but also underline or star every time you see the word coat or robe or garment, mm-hmm. because that is a theme throughout mm-hmm. Joseph's life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the uh, the brothers uh, are holding Joseph's coat while he goes into slavery mm-hmm. uh, and and goes into Egypt. Uh, Potiphar's wife is holding Joseph's coat mm-hmm. while he gets sent into the the white collar prison for mm-hmm. Pharaoh. Um, there's another place where, um, and I forget where it is right now. I'd have to read back through where is it Jacob's coat or something is referenced. It's just a fascinating mm-hmm. theme. Look for mm-hmm. it as you're reading through these. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you could almost say the theology of coats, yeah. uh, the parka theology yeah, exactly. <laughs> coming from the life of Joseph. But these are, <laughs> you know, as you read through scripture, you just start to pick up themes and you see things and, um, we can learn from those. So pay attention when you're reading the Bible and uh, you will be encouraged in that way. Mm. I'm going to reduce, I'm going to resist the urge to say, so the moral of the story is don't wear a coat, (laughs) but on a cold day like today, that would be very unwise counsel. Wrong answer. (laughs) No, it is fascinating though, to see how, how that theme reappears in, uh, in the story. Um, Re kind of just again the the providence of God and how He's using those things all in uh, Joseph's life. Now, you know this <clears throat> this whole sermon again, kind of going back to that that theme of of providence and God ultimately working all things together for good, using human evil, often intending human evil to accomplish His good purposes. That's a that's a that's a wonderful truth, but it is a still hard truth, especially for mm-hmm. people who are in, you know, metaphorically speaking, in the pits, right? right that are right. that are in the dumps, that are going through hard times and suffering. Right. And so, what's maybe just some practical wisdom, Pastor Kevin, for how we minister this truth? Right, Ephesians four really emphasizes the importance of speaking the truth in love. So what does that look like with a doctrine and a truth like what we learned this week from uh, the story of Joseph? Hmm. That is such a special, um, it's a great question. It shows your pastor's heart, Scott, and I appreciate it. You know, um, the middle of a storm is a really difficult time to build the foundation of a home. And this truth of the sovereignty of God is a foundational doctrine. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a it's a truth that undergirds all that a Christian is and all that a Christian believes. And if that's not there, mm-hmm. and then you find yourself in horrific suffering or mm-hmm. suffering horrific evil, that's a really hard time to mm-hmm. uh, to put that foundation mm-hmm. underneath the basement of the home. So I would say this, when we're trying to minister this truth to people's lives, this truth is best ministered with wet eyes and bent knees and open arms. You know, the truth of the matter is there's somebody listening right now to this podcast who is hurting deeply. Mm -hmm. And dear friend, um, we just want to say that we love you Mm -hmm. and that God loves you. And even though you can't understand and you can't see right now, God's word is true. 
It reminds me so much of what Job said in Job chapter 23. He said, I look in front of me, I look behind me, I look to my right, I look to my left, and I can't see God anywhere I look. Mm. I mean, it's like I look to the north, south, east, and west, and, and I can't discern what God is doing. Mm-hmm. But then the next verse, verse 10, goes on to say, but he knows mm. the way that I take. Mm. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Mm-hmm. And so the confidence here is not in your own understanding. The confidence is not in your own ability to hang on. And your confidence is in God's ability. His love will never let you go. And he is with you. And he will never leave you. And though you fall, yet he remains faithful still. Mm -hmm. And so if you are going through tremendous evil, tremendous suffering, I just want to encourage you, keep reading Mm -hmm. Scripture and reminding yourself of who God says that he is. Yes, he is a mysterious God of wonders that we cannot comprehend. And yet he has revealed himself to us so that we would know that he's a God of mercy. And he's a God who forgives your sins. And he's a God of grace and comfort and strength. Mm -hmm. He's a God who's able to give peace even supernaturally, in the middle of a storm. Mm. And so um, I guess what I'm trying to say is when you you or your loved ones are suffering deeply, it's a time for wet eyes, Mm -hmm. for bent bent knees, for open arms. It's a time to read Scripture together, and it's a time to wait on the Lord Mm. for Him to renew your strength and wait for him to eventually, and it might be 13 years. It can Mm -hmm. be a lifetime. We're not promised that we're going to understand everything in this life, but we are promised that heaven will be a place of glory Mm -hmm. and joy and rest for those who trust in Jesus. And so we we live by that and we wait for that. It's so good. We talked a little bit about this Sunday with our life group, and in many ways, you know, I think of you know, the analogy of like a, of a bowling alley, of a bowling lane, right? So you have, you put, if you have kids, you put the bumpers down, right? Yep. To avoid the yep. ball from going into either of the gutters, either of the ditches, right? And so, so often, you know, when we go through hard times, we, there's a tendency to want to go into the pit of despair yeah. or into the pit of just anger and yeah. bitterness yeah. and resentment. And I think that doctrines like these really keep us on the lane. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that there aren't going to be some that's, you know, ricochets really and some hardships, but it keeps us in the, the lane where God wants us to so that we don't fall into either of those. And I think that that's helpful for us personally, but also as we're helping people process and minister that truth, right? When they're trying to understand what's happening, that you can keep them from going into either of those uh, two ditches as well. Yeah. Yeah, I know our time's gone, but just if I can just maybe take two more minutes here, mm-hmm. because one of the um, side effects of affluenza, you know what mm-hmm. affluenza is? It's, it's not the cold. Right? It's not the cold. It's not influenza. <laughs> affluenza is this pandemic that we are suffering right now mm-hmm. of being very, very wealthy, privileged mm-hmm. Uh, educated Christians, okay? Mm -hmm. We don't suffer 
a lot. Mm -hmm. We are, as a whole, Mm -hmm. we are very, very privileged people. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. One of the side effects of affluenza is that we we think God owes us something. Mm. We believe God exists primarily to serve us. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't take to suffering well. So if you are one of um, my dear friends who is, is a skeptic mm-hmm. and, and you find it honestly really, really hard to trust your life mm-hmm. to a God that you cannot understand, I want to just really, again, encourage you to humble your soul under the clear witness of Scripture and let scripture be the authority over your own reasoning mm. and over your own logic. There are some incomprehensible mysteries to how God can be mm-hmm. good while still ordaining the secondary means that are evil. Mm-hmm. That is a mystery for our reasoning and our logic. I understand that. But you cannot get away from the clear teaching of scripture where God hardens Pharaoh's heart. Mm -hmm. God causes Shimei to curse David. Mm -hmm. God causes Job to suffer Satan's horrific Mm -hmm. evil attacks. God brings the 10 plagues. Mm -hmm. God, you cannot get around the clear teaching of scripture that what men mean for evil, God intends or ordains Mm or controls or governs for our good. Mm-hmm. And the cross of Jesus Christ is this greatest picture of that. We looked at that mm-hmm. in Acts chapter 2, verse 23. So, so if you're one of those friends of mine, just please, please pray that God would give you the humility to submit your reasoning to mm-hmm. the clear revelation, not of any pastor, not of any sermon, but the clear revelation of God's word. And may God's word reign authoritative Mm. over what we believe and how we think. It's great wisdom. Great, great insights. Thank you, Pastor Kevin, for just ministering to our hearts this morning. Thank you again, church, for continuing to be a lovable and teachable congregation. We look forward to exploring this with you further next week as we dive into the story of Moses. I know I speak on behalf of everybody when I just say these these this study of this series has been so insightful, uh, bringing just color and depth to children's or what we often say are children's stories, uh, just bring them to life in ways that maybe we hadn't thought about them before. So we look forward to doing that again next week. So thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless. God bless.